Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not decked out like one of these. From the Sermon on the Mount. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Avenagio Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature, breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And this is the Almanac for September 9th to 16th, 2011, the full harvest moon. Some natural events for this quarter moon as summer comes to an end. We turn ourselves over to the ministrations of memory, of seasons past, of years gone by, of a host of faces we see no more. We remember the fallen of September 11th, 2001, and we remember the fallen of every month since, soldier and civilian, Christian and Muslim, young and old. Walking through the late summer fields, we also remember from seasons past the evocative names of the wildflowers now blooming. It's surprising to discover how many of them are cousins in one big family, the asters, or as the botanists would would say, the asteraceae. Black-eyed Susan, several varieties of yellow and orange hawkweed, tansy, pineapple weed, Chamomile, Jerusalem artichoke, fleabane, burdock, chicory, pearly, everlasting. Most of the different goldenrods, all the familiar asters of white, pink, and purple, the common dandelion, sunflower, daisy, echinacea, and even the reviled ragweed are all members of this large and remarkable family. They all share a circular central eye of many small florets arranged in a spiral, surrounded by petals in multiples of five. Now, you could check out the Plants of Acadia National Park by Milton Hauser, Gregory, Rooney, and Weber, published by the University of Maine Press 2010. It's such a pleasure to read. And now I can't look anywhere these days without seeing an aster in bloom, or in bud, or going to seed. It's a new level of seeing, discovering unseen connections that were there all along. And here's a rank opinion. So it also is with the connection between wars and economic hardship. It was there all along, though too often unseen. We've been fighting a war on terror now for nearly 10 years. We've lost thousands of soldiers and more thousands of civilians on all sides. Last month saw the highest death count for our soldiers in Afghanistan since the war there began. Ten years ago, when the war on terror started, the economy was humming and we enjoyed a budget surplus. Now, we're caught in a prolonged economic downturn Millions are out of work, and politicians and pundits are screaming about the national debt. The war on terror has cost, according to Brown University's Costs of War report, as much as $4 trillion. 
and much of that has been wasted or siphoned off by corrupt contractors. The results of a decade of mayhem and massacre are three countries in a shamble and in America in its worst shape in 70 years. Who among us, save the military brass, contractors, and profiteers, can say they are better off than they were 10 years ago? Not the families of the thousands killed or injured, not the millions of unemployed, not those who have lost their homes, not the children of the poor who cannot get health insurance, not the children of the middle class who cannot afford to go to college. And what will be their memories of this dismal and dire decade? We have spent their birthright for a mess of pottage. When will we ever learn? Ask the presidential candidates about that. And finally, here's a seed pod for you to carry around with you this week from the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, 500 B.C., He who knows how to guide a ruler in the way does not try to override the world with force of arms. It is in the nature of a military weapon to turn against its wielder. Wherever armies are stationed, thorn bushes grow. After a great war, bad years invariably follow. You must not feel proud. You must rather regret that you were not able to prevent war. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. Support for WERU comes from the 9th Annual Peninsula Potter Studio Tour and Sale, featuring kiln openings, new work, guest artist demonstrations, and more from 9th studios and galleries throughout the Blue Hill Peninsula, September 10th and 11th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tour map and information available at peninsulapotters.com.